Welcome to the world of the quite peculiar. On the 5th September 2009, a podcasting team made up of three men disappeared in a small Yorkshire town of Sobeybridge. Two days later, their recording equipment was found under a table at a local bar. What we present today is what was recorded on that equipment, alongside interviews with a person who knew the men and an expert. Were they abducted by aliens, ghosts, or monkeys? This is what we hope to discover in the next hour. Roll titles. Gentleman's Review. Hello, welcome to the Gentleman's Review. Uh, we've got a bit of a change of plan this week because Tom and Andy have both disappeared. We might be catching up with them later. We're down at the Solby Bridge Rush Bearing, which is a place where people get drunk and dress up in very strange costumes. I've got with me actually uh, Mr. Richard Skeen, who you may have heard in the uh, Christmas podcast. Say hello, Richard. All right, hello, Richard. How's it doing? How are you doing? Are you enjoying your time down here so far? Sorry, up here so far from Cambridge. Ah, very much so, very much so. It's been my 12th or something rush bearing. I was talking to Tom earlier, trying That's to work out how many it's been. I think you've been going longer than I have, actually. It's been a lot of years now. At this point, the recording cuts out for the first time. Was it alien interference? Perhaps we'll never know. What we do know is that something horrible must have happened. Was this in character for the men? We asked Mrs. Eileen Human, the men's neighbour. They were lovely boys, they really were. They'd often pop in when passing and stroke my pussy. I've been finding it very difficult to give her the attention she deserves since I've had my elbows replaced. So the boy's affection was always welcome and very tender it was too. Also, I used to like it very much when they played with my jugs. They would fetch water jugs from the kitchen and fill them with different amounts of water and then they played them with a wooden spoon. It was very clever. The music was utterly enchanting, almost haunting in its beauty. I've never heard anything quite like it since. Don't know why... They were proper gentlemen too, of course, and they would never leave without giving me a good fucking against the banister. We return now to the salvage recording. Whatever terrible event had taken place seems to have been disregarded in this second clip. Were the men under the influence of monkey magic? You can make up your own mind. So you may notice that it cut off quite quickly there because we lost our battery power, but here we are, stood outside, oh, sat, sitting outside now. The uh, Moorings Pub in Sobeybridge, which is very nice. And uh, Richard Stanley, he just bought a duck race lottery ticket. Uh, do you actually win a duck for that? Oh, even better than that, you win £250. I've bought, I must have bought one of these duck race tickets every year, and I've never won yet. Oh, do you not win a duck at all, then? Mm, you could buy lots of ducks for the prize money, but oh, right. that's up to you. Oh, oh well, I don't think I'll bother then, because I, I quite want a duck. I quite like a duck. Uh, in my bath, an actual live duck in my bath. I think it would be quite good. You know, uh, perhaps just, just, just squawking there. Maybe flapping a little bit. Uh, and, and maybe if, it, if the time's right and we've, we've got to know each other, perhaps we can make love to each other in the bath. Me and the duck. And maybe a swan. But I'm not sure if that will happen. And anyway. Oh, they've got a gorgeous dog in front of me. <laughs> oh, there's the most gorgeous dog in the world. Rex. 
So yeah, so uh, we're going to be moving on uh, from this pub later on, but as, uh, we're going to be covering all, all through the day today and, and uh, some of tomorrow as well. And uh, we're going to get uh, catch up with Tom and Andy later on, who are going to be telling us what they've been doing today. Tom seems to be wearing a rather dashing waistcoat with badges all over it. And I don't mean the kind of badge uh, that you might gas. Oh, I thought you said he had a waistcoat with badgers all over it. You mean the black and white striped animals? Yeah, yeah. I, well, actually, I would, what he does, he's actually gassing the badgers while they're on his uh, waistcoat. I think it's a really good idea. I bought one. Two pounds. Two Chap p- wanders round every year. Rush-bearing badgers, rush-bearing badgers, he shouts. Th- then he gas them and eat them, and then they're quite delicious uh, with some chips. See, um, I'm showing it to the microphone now. That's it. Can you see that at home? Look at that. Maybe I need to hold it closer. Yeah, yeah, closer. All right, closer. Can you see it now? So, is it in focus now? Oh, it must be. It says 1984 to 2009, 25th year of new rush cart. Good God, is it another anniversary? This, this bloody festival has more anniversaries than anybody else. If, if you want to know about uh, the, uh, well, what Rush Bearing is all about, go to doobidoobidoo.rushbearing.co.uk. Doobidoobidoo, of course, being the standardised gentleman's review uh, web address system, uh, URL system, uh, not necessarily used throughout uh, the countries of the world yet but uh, it will be so from uh, us here at the moorings we're going to uh, go on now to uh, whichever pub comes next so I'll see you shortly bye bye this break in the recording seems to have been planned was the planning done by them or the ghosts in their brains we asked Richard Spelder professor of ghosts at the University of Tadcaster this kind of premeditated action can be caused by ghosts on the brain but quite often it's simply choice to terminate a conversation, a sexual act, uh, punching a monkey, and has nothing to do with the spirit world at all. However, I believe in this case that it was definitely ghosts on the brain. Or skeletons. In this section, the men finally succumb to the influence of paranormal activity. It appears that they are having a joint hallucination and are fixating on vegetables. Okay, so we're caught, we're caught with Tom now, and we're actually looking at some rather nice, enormous vegetables. Is it St John's Church, this? No, this is St Paul's. St Paul's. I knew it. Methodist Church, and I'm uh, happily drinking from my tankard whilst we're here. I was actually um, uh, christened here. Oh. Uh, in a previous incarnation, not myself, but the church, because it burnt down at one point. But uh, when I was christened, I apparently pulled off the uh, collar of the uh, Methodist priest who was uh, christening me. And uh, I like to think that... Uh, uh, set me in good stead for my attitude towards religion in later years. Do you think that's why the church burnt down? No, no, it was many years after that. Oh, right. uh, although uh, our friend Rick apparently had possibly something to do with it. <laughs> at least he's always been very coy about the subject. <laughs> so we're now, we're now looking at some uh, enormous leeks. Are they leeks or are they the spring onions? I can't tell. Well, I think it's the same thing. I think spring onions are very tiny leeks. Oh, are they? Uh, these, however, are very large spring onions. I, I must say, I, I, do like, I do like a bit of veg. Uh, and I... And if Andy was here, he'd probably be uh, cursing right now because he doesn't like vegetables, doesn't he? Well, you know, it, it's a reasonable uh, viewpoint, but uh, I like the look of them. There's some incredibly... Mm. I mean, there's parsnips here that quite literally are hanging over the edge of the table. That's good, yeah, I like the big they dong. to be believed. And uh, there's a yellow thing, which looks a bit like a courgette. Yeah. The only time in my life I've ever seen anything precisely like that. It's, it was being inserted into someone on one of my favourite websites. All right, was, was that uh, vegetables.com? Uh, no, it was uh, accommodatingwomen.com. Oh, I see. All right. So moving on now, we've got some uh, more parsnips. And, uh, oh, those are, those are big onions. How do you like those onions? Uh, 
I, I like them loads. Not as much as the very weird purple beans. Yeah. The purple beans. Yeah, they are, they are kind of uh, long sort of uh, garden pea bean thing pods, aren't they? So they're very nice. They look quite literally up to the clouds. Big giant and castle kind of beans, they oh, do. I would, I would like some of those, I think. Uh, maybe, maybe with some uh, meat or gammon. And uh, over here we've Apparently my dad's got some veg in here somewhere. Oh, we'll have to go and look for it. He's been showing some. I don't know whether he's won a prize. Yeah. I'm looking out. These seem to be, uh, I think, chrysanthemums, these? Oh, I don't know. I don't do flowers. No. Very nice. Oh, gosh, they're getting bigger. They all look the same. They're just different colours. I don't don't get flowers at all. Oh, yes, they are are quite enormous. (laughs) Want more carrots here? I know this is riveting for all of you at home, but they are quite enormous carrots. I mean, they're not the sort of carrot that you would maybe put into a stew or wear in your hat on St. Cripple's Day. There's a chrysanthemum there that quite literally is as big as your head. Yeah, and and bigger than my head, because I've got quite a small head. I can't can't wear hats because my head is so small. Ooh, tomatoes. Now, I do like a tomato. Oh, God, look at those. Those big, I think they're called beef tomatoes, don't they? Beef tomatoes, yes. Yeah, uh, I wonder if the taste of beef though. I've never, never quite worked that out. Uh, I was told the bigger the tomato, the uh, smaller the taste. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Well, if there's a tomato there that is the shape of your knob. Oh, it is. And the size, and indeed the colour. Oh, sorry, I'll put it away. <laughs> the tomato's gone. <laughs> ah, cucumbers. The finest things in the world ever. And very, very small onions. In sand, they may be shallots. I don't know, but why, quite why they put them in sand, I'm not sure. I think I think it's a nice I think it's a nice display, and, and I think it also stops them um, exploding because they, they they do tend to explode. Since uh, since have, have any, anything of the onion, garlicky, shallot type family had to be displayed upright with their like long strandy thing tied round their top in a very neat fashion. I don't know. I really I, th- I think it's to stop them exploding. Well, I think they burst open and they've got aliens inside them. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, they kind of split open cabbages. It's just like it is just like uh, aliens. And we've been we've been, I've been quite quiet now because I'm, I'm conscious that we are in the middle of a church, in the middle of a, a choir, uh, a, a rather sort of nice. In the middle of a choir. In the middle of a choir. Well, yeah, I'm in the middle what of a are choir. What ranting about? I don't know. It's just like a proper Fact podcast. Me. Those gladioli. Yeah, and and uh, well, look, yeah, one of them has has a human face on it. That's scary. It's, it's the face of Dame Edna Everidge. Oh, and, and Morrissey. Yeah. Alternately looking both glad and miserable. Yeah. Depending on which way you look at it. Yeah. Um, they're a bit like those lenticular things you can get. Something. Oh, and here we have um, actually a school child uh, whose head is made of flowers. And <laughs> I'm not joking about that. Well, that is exactly what I'm seeing at the moment. A school child whose head is made of flowers. It's like his head's exploded. We will be taking photos to corroborate this and putting them on our website. Yes, it's, it's like that, um, ep- that weird Halloween. Did you ever see that weird Halloween which never quite fits in with the sequel of uh, Halloween films? Uh, it was kind of... Uh, Halloween 2.5. Something like Shite. that. Yeah, it kind of just sort of fit in. It, they sort of slipped this strange film in. They obviously just had the script still hanging around from somewhere and decided they were going to make it part of the Halloween series. It's one where, where they kind of, the television beat flashes and uh, children's heads turn into insects, which uh, I still think is cool and think really should happen. We'll just take a photograph I of this. I used to be in teaching. I definitely think that should happen. Yeah. 
There we go. Yeah. Taking a picture of that. But yeah, there's, there's lots of flowers. Actually, there's, there's an interesting picture here of some children. Yeah. yeah. Strange black and white picture of lots of little 40s school children. Yeah. Uh, some of them in their 40s back then. And a metal ruler, yeah. which I never like using. Ah, uh, steel ruler. Steel mm. ruler. No, the plastic ruler, you know, sort of mm. like shatterproof plastic ruler, it's far, far better. You can get a good sound from it. You, you know, you inflict a reasonable amount of pain, mm. uh, but you don't actually do any damage. And that's it. And, and when you're measuring your bits, it's, uh, it doesn't snag. Ah, that's true. That's good. Uh, and, oh, Skeen's just walked off again, but he's been following behind us, like, uh, dutifully. And, uh, oh, this, oh, this is fascinating. We've got a little... Uh, uh, it seems... Full of bricks. A little bricks, a little garden. Like the world's tiniest garden in a tea... Well, I suppose it's a tray, isn't it? It is a tray, yeah, a tea tray. Tea trays or biscuit tin tops. And there's actually a petrified frog. I don't know whether it's possible for the word diorama to be used in conjunction with gardens, hmm. but that would be the word that would conjure up what we're looking at here. I think it'd be more bananarama. A bananarama, dramarama, yeah. diorama. Yeah, all these things mean the same good thing. Things. Yeah, yeah it's good. But they are fascinating. And I do like the little frog. That's nice. A nice little touch. Oh, wow. A catamel. Potato dragon. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at very small new potatoes which are being fashioned into an animal. Yes. Now, it, it, I, I only came to this for the first time a few years ago, but this is the best thing ever. Mm. They do sculptures out of fruit and veg. <laughs> so it is, it's a, a tiny l- potato, caterpillar, dragony type thing. Over yeah. there I can see a snail made out of a marrow and half a cabbage. I mean, you just can't beat that. I mean, that is, that, that is the, the, uh, the bollocks, as they say. This is, uh, this is artistic superlativeness. Yeah. Not even a word, but I quite like that. We'll be taking photographs of that as well. But yeah, so that'd be that's lovely. Oh yeah, so so it's been it's, it's an interesting place. If if you uh, come up next year to Solby Bridge, and if you want to know more about it, I said in the last thing it's dooby dooby doo dot rushbearing dot co dot uk or dot com dot com. Has it got dot com now? We do, yeah. It's very posh of them. We lost the dot co dot uk. Did you? Oh, I'm so sorry. It, was it, was uh, it passed away, oh. sadly, earlier this year. Was it, was it, was it, uh, was it quick or...? No, it was a long, lingering death. <sighs> Never mind. It thrashed around a bit. Uh, was it, it made little whimpering noises. Was it bought at my pornography site? No, no. just got a man bearing his rushes. No, it just had someone come along and stomp on it repeatedly yeah. for the best part of two months. Oh, that's no good. No. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go and have a look at this... Uh, this <laughs> This snail made of vegetables, and I'll take a photograph. But from uh, all of us here at St. Paul's Church, Methodist Church, uh, see you later, and we'll, we'll be along later on with some more exciting stuff in different parts of Sorby Bridge. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Coming up now is the last and longest part of the recording, and astute listeners will be able to hear the effects of the ghosts on the men's brains. At time they speak about being pissed. Is it the ghosts making the men angry? Well, here we are in the, uh, oh, actually, am I recording this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am. I am actually recording this, and you may gather that we're a bit pissed now. It's fantastic. Uh, being pissed is always a good thing. And uh, we're in the uh, the William pub in Solby Bridge, the William the Fourth, which is uh, soon to be no more. Yeah. We're all going to be um, mourning the loss of this wonderful, wonderful pub. It's probably going to be turned into some ghastly gastro monstrosity. A gastric monstrosity will become. Uh, like, like so many pubs we've seen going over the years, 
it will eventually become a gastric monstrosity. And uh, what, what, do, what do we think about that? Um, I don't know what I think about that. I don't think it's too bad, actually. Do you? Do you think it's going to be a good thing? Well, you know, I won't be able to come in here and play dominoes anymore. Uh, but it will up the quality of the general boozers in Silverbridge. Yeah. I've out all the scumbags. Well, you can only hope that the scumbags Do you think will... that's going to happen? Either that or they'll just stay in the wharf. Uh, what about the long <laughs> Where they go at the moment. What about the long chimney tunnel? Oh, the chimney's fine. Nothing wrong with the chimney at all. It's, it's also good to have a good long chimney. Do you not think? You can't beat a long chimney. Nope. Oh, it's good to have a good long chimney. Uh, I, I, I was hearing as, as we're coming in people quoting uh, that new series of BBC One with the animals in. Have you seen that? With the talking animals? I have not oh, seen the one it. With Desmond Morris. People have been uh, quoting this all week and I have no idea what they're talking about. And, and it's quite good because there, there, there is a character in there uh, which is a, a little um, um, lizardy thing as that was being voiced by Jason Manford. Yeah. And you may say, where, where are you going with this, Martin? I think you probably know. I, I pissed off Jason Manford on Twitter last week. Oh, yes. I really annoyed him greatly. Good. Um, he probably deserved it. Yeah. It was uh, because of a, uh, a good chum of the podcast, Mr. David um, Schneider, um, who, who suggested that he was, he was off to Edinburgh and, and uh, he was suggesting who in the world of comedy was going to make it big and who he should eliminate, meaning kill. Ah. And I, I pretty much said... Well, look, look for Michael McIntyre and Jason Manford, and if you see, none of them are going to be big in the world of comedy, but just eliminate them anyway, mm. make the world a better place. About ten minutes later, I looked at my, uh, it's called Mentioned in, in uh, TweetDeck, those of you who know, uh, and there was a message from Mr. Manford saying that was a horrible thing for me to say, uh, to which I replied, well, you've got shit material. Yeah, well, it's more likely to be from his personal assistant. No, 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 it's, no, it's from him personally. It's, 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 not, really it's, not, it's not big enough to have uh, people doing his own stuff yet. Yeah, <laughs> he just doesn't realise then. Yeah, I mean... Maybe, uh, but he is spectacularly bad. Yeah, maybe I mean, it's from the same bloke that writes his material. No, I mean, the thing can, on Twitter, you can, there are certain people who will have assistants, and those are people... Actually, nobody has their own system. I mean, even I mean, Stephen Fry does his own well, stuff. Well, politicians Russell, do. Yeah, that can only explain the kind of idiocy that they write. Yeah, and Russell Brand, he always has his own, uh, puts his own stuff on there, which is why it's so spectacular. Bad when he's got the horn, Jesus, you don't want to be on Twitter, because <laughs> frankly, he's just talking to all the ladies out there and trying to get his cock into them. It's not a nice experience. You say that like it's a bad thing. Uh, no, it's that the the, the, the him wanting to it do is that. If you're on Twitter thing. pretending to be a lady, yeah, well, it can be scary. Oh, or pretending to be a teenage girl, it's well, probably worse. Allegedly, I quite often pretend to be a teenage girl. Really well, well, stropping yourself in front of the mirror. In the privacy of my own home. Uh, so it's a good thing. Uh, we're, we're Hiding the winky behind the legs. <laughs> oh, like that like bloke in uh, Silence of the Lambs. Who now and then grew oh, up. Robbie in, Williams. Yeah, oh, that's true. He did that as well. But the guy from Silence of the Lambs was uh, so concerned because he, he was so associated with that role that he grew a big bushy moustache and is now uh, in Monk. He plays Monk's boss in the uh, programme about. See two people most associated with that film. Yeah. Being Jodie Foster yeah. and Anthony Hopkins. No fucker ever remembers who he is. 
No, exactly. Well, I think it, whenever people saw him, he went, oh, that's a scary man. colossal ego on him to think that anyone will even like recognise him from that role. Watch out, here comes a scary man. No, he's got a big moustache. That's all right. Don't worry about the big moustache. That's fine. Uh, it's a scary, big scary gay man. A scary man. Uh, I don't think he was gay, was he? He was some sort of weird fucker. No, but if you've got a big fucking moustache, they're going to assume that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, everybody knows. All big people moustache. have big, scary moustaches are gay. Leather cap. Oh, I don't know what he's... Not, he's not just at the moment, thank you. That's, uh, isn't that what ladies wear up their snatch to stop them getting pregnant? It's a prophylactic. Oh, is it? In medieval times. Well, that's good. That's good. I know they used to wear leather johnnies, didn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice leather johnny. Sheep's and intestines. one's made out of animal horn. Oh, I bet that was painful for the lady. I mean, how would you get any actual enjoyment from that if you were wearing one? Perhaps I mean, it, it would probably be quite yeah. effective as a contraceptive. <laughs> Doesn't that depend on whether you enjoy shagging the insides of an animal's horn? Well, I'm, 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 that, why would you well, have to have a woman involved? I mean, uh, keep up appearances, obviously. If, if that is, is where you get your speaking. kicks, then a woman is feeling much redundant, surely. No, no, no. You can't just be seen doing it in, by yourself in a bedroom with nothing but an animal horn. You have to have the woman involved to make it look legitimate. Oh, I see. Yeah. Although, you know, on, on, continuing the subject of medieval snatch fillers, yeah. uh, they used to use uh, sheep's wool wrapped around a bit of twig as a tampon. Did they? Sort oh, of proto-tampon. Did, was, it, was a twig attached to the tree? Was it kind of like living dead thing that they were doing? No. No. Not at all. All right. <laughs> you frigging moron. But it was... <laughs> I'm laying there, the tree ramming itself up the old snatch there. What if it grows? What? What if it grows? It begins to grow, the tree. Well, it wouldn't. That was the point I'm trying to make. That would never, ever happen. They're supposed to grow inside the lady and take all the seminal fluid away into them. And what could do that? I'm talking about tampons, man. Oh, I can't remember what you were talking about. I'm pissed. Wouldn't the tree be more efficient? You wouldn't have to change it. You yeah. just continue growing and taking away the seminal fluid. Scrub your Far snatch out with a tree. Yeah. yeah. Is basically what you're suggesting. It's you tree or something. Right, in today's market, you could put that uh, as the, old, the organic some alternative. Sort of fur. Yeah. It's organic, it's natural. All natural. Either you're going to get yourself down North London and start marketing these things. Yeah. yeah. Get, get yourselves over to uh, uh, that place in London where they do that. What, you you really wanted to do a thought of somewhere before you started that sentence, didn't I you? Try, I was trying <laughs> to think of somewhere desperately when I was starting that sentence. <laughs> somewhere desperately there. famous for selling jam rags in North London. I thought, uh, uh, John Lewis. So get yourself down to John Lewis and start selling your all-natural, alternative, organic tree roots to stick off your duff. Odd, my version, go down with your living, uh, living dead tree. That will uh, zoom up your snatch and take away all the fluids. Yeah, North Finchley ragweed mart. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go down immediately and do that. You'd so... do well to do so. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a great help to you. Oh, I better finish these pints first. So on the way here, there were two blokes in the canal in canoes picking up all the ducks. Yeah, well, you know, uh, duck shagging is, uh, as, as I was talking about earlier, is very popular in this uh, part of the country. Yeah. What I want to know is, does, how am I going to find out if this makes me a winner? 
You bought a ticket, did you? I did. A I, ticket I that allocates a duck to your very person. We talked about this earlier, and yes, I bought tickets. So, to to at least, going by your ticket, two, uh, 2,538 ducks were released into the River Calder today. Probably more. Given the way that these kind of things work. Yes. The thing I was wondering is, this is a charity event, and it's in aid of the 12th Halifax Sea Scout Group. Oh, yes. don't ask what happened to the previous 11. Yeah. What happened to the other 11? No, 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 no. It was, they're all, they were all tragic ends. Yes. Uh, uh, Did they die trying to retrieve the ducks? Halifax was solely responsible uh, for reducing the uh, average uh, mortality rate. <laughs> Mortality age for Sea Scouts yes. down to below 30. But it was above 50 before the 1970s. We've had a really bad time of it in the last uh, few that's, decades. That's so. why they use plastic ducks now, isn't it? They used to actually <laughs> just float the Sea Scouts down the river and see which one crossed the line first. Yeah, it was a bad, bad, bad business. And, and frankly, several actually Halifax Sea ski, ski Slopes. Several Halifax ski slopes actually worked on the Titanic, <laughs> which is <laughs> explains its end, really. Uh, There's a special treat on this particular podcast. <laughs> we ring a competition for people to guess who, out of anyone speaking at this particular podcast, is the most pissed. Write in Could with your be, answers uh, to our usual email address. Yeah, I can hold my beer, but not on a podcast. That's the thing. Uh, and I'm holding it in my hand now, and I'm gripping it quite tightly, it's very nice. But it's a shame he can't hold his beer. Ah, it's beer. <laughs> you don't want to talk. No. <laughs> Below the belt. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you were supposed to be on last year's podcast at Rushbury. What happened? You didn't do a podcast at Rushbury, did you? Yes, we did. Yes, we did, we, we just didn't invite you. <laughs> because you were too pissed by the time we got there. <laughs> And there was me thinking that was Christmas. Ah, uh, oh, no, we did one at Christmas. And, 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 and Richard was on that one. And it was very good. Yes, Martin was explaining to me this, uh, this, this rush bearing. He was saying, um, you know, it's not, your, it's not your first time anymore, Richard. You don't need to be too afraid. Don't worry about it. It won't, it won't be quite as terrifying as your first time. Just, you what? know, just relax and, and go for it. It'll be fine. And then I, I, I twist my big, foamy end into your face. Exactly. It's, it's, it's really not as bad as it looks. No. It, it, you know, once you've done it, it's kind of all, it kind of eases in after that. But it's not as strange, considering I always thought you were one of the best things on that Christmas Pub Troll podcast. Yeah, I think you probably were. <laughs> Simply because you were fresher than the rest of us hackneyed old twats that have been jaded by six months' worth of doing it anyway. So. Uh, it's the... Uh... I was going to say youth and inexperience, but I can't really claim anything for youth. <laughs> I'm as old as the rest of you, I think. No, you're not as old as me. Uh, no one's as old as you. No. Yeah. Including me. You are going spectacularly grey, I just noticed today. I mean, I, I've got the odd, very, very pale blonde hair. Right, yeah. I don't mean white hairs as you do. No, I think that's, uh, that's, that is, that's something that I keep seeing in bright lights. I think, I'm thinking, should I dye it? Why well, Or diet, perhaps. I made a mistake, I'd say. I, I, I live in a uh, sort of dimly lit hovel, as you yeah. know. And yeah. um, so, you know, when I'm doing my hair in the morning, I just yeah. wet it, brush it, and fuck off to work. Mm. 
he was doing a house uh, sitting for someone who had actually a quite bright bathroom yeah. a year or so ago. <laughs> and I was so disturbed when I looked at myself in this mirror. Oh, God, yeah. When I could actually see how many grey or white hairs I had, it was very, very disturbing. Yeah, I, 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 I was not a happy bunny. And there's a lifter where I work and all the lights just just ping off the grey. Spectacular, really. The photo uh, I saw in the newspaper, though, was of uh, the late Keith Waterhouse, who has a lot of grey hairs. Of course, yeah, yeah. Keith Waterhouse. Oh, yeah, nothing but grey hairs. Yeah. This is a... Wheelbarrow maybe a, maybe a worthwhile point to mention. This is the Keith Waterhouse Memorial Rushberry. Mm. It is, yeah. Uh, who died? Was it yesterday? Died? I think it was the day before. I it was the last right. couple of days, but I think yes. we should uh, raise a glass to Keith Waterhouse. And uh, yes, uh, so, so cheers. To cheers to Keith Waterhouse. The late Keith Waterhouse. Uh, known to drinkers as the author of Jeffrey Bananas and Well, known to the rest of you as the author of Billy Liar. Mm. Cheers. Our, col- our colleagues are leaving us now, so we're, we're all... Yes, we're trying to figure out where they're going. Yeah. Bah. Tell us, well, yes, which bar? Bah. Are you going to the vault? Oh, right, Shepherd's, sorry. Oh, right, yeah. Shepherd's. Oh. We're going to the Shepherd's Rest next. Shepherd's I rest. assume they were just going to molest some sheep from that noise. Well, you know, they, they often do. It's, uh, it, it, I mean, it's, it's a I thought he'd just been thing. thwarted in some way. <laughs> bah. He's expressing his... Dis- Disturbance bo- 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 vocally. I, no I really humbug. am very far gone. There was no humbug. <laughs> there should be bar, bar humbug. <laughs> Couldn't have been thwarted properly without any humbug. Ah, uh, you know, that's, I do like a good humbug. My beer's mm. full of rush. Yeah. I was, I was laughing uh, during the week. Do you remember in the last podcast we were discussing the late, um, some may say great, Dustin G. Yes, yes who, we were. Who, who passed away. And I, 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 I wrote it. He used to go the, uh, with Les Dennis and Dustin G. They were a double act. Remember? I remember Les Dennis, but yeah, uh, you'll yeah. have to remind me well, about Well, Dustin, Dustin G, G I, I, I erroneously said, had died of cancer. He hadn't. He died of... Of a Thursday. <laughs> hey. Hey. Oh, hey. Um, he died of uh, using poppers when having a congenital heart defect. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's oh, true. But, uh, but I, was, we were, uh, I think I directed you and uh, Andy to look at his Wikipedia page, which was incredibly funny. Now, we're not taking the piss out of the man here. Uh, you know, he's a perfectly good entertainer. But his, his Wikipedia page is worth a visit. I had a look at it. Uh, it was quite nice. amusing. Yeah. And, and it's great because out of his, his entire career, all they could find to say about him or, or tell about him and the stories that they would tell in the future was an incident about some floorboards on the top of his car and a bit of road rage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, which I thought just was fucking hysterical. Go over there, go over to Wikipedia, Dustin G, pop it in. But especially when you look, look, look to the right-hand side of the page where there's a photograph of him and under the photograph, there's a, a, for some reason, to me, that was incredibly funny, was, was the little uh, comment under it, which, which said, Dustin G performing an impression. <laughs> an impression of some floorboards and... Uh, I, I, I don't know, it's just, just the idea of them putting... Perfor- that, that, you couldn't tell what he was doing. You couldn't tell me if he was doing an impression. They could have just said, here's Dustin G performing. But no, he was performing an impression, and they wanted to convey that in their caption, which went under the picture. Just in case you hadn't got the idea that he might have been an impressionist. <laughs> yeah, and he certainly wasn't. <laughs> Let's face it. Is Les Dennis dead yet? No, no, no Les Dennis. No, he's still alive. Um, oh, well. He's still alive, and I like Les Dennis. 
Um, I was listening to an interview with him a few weeks back, and, and he basically admitted, to saying, you know, why aren't you still doing impressions? And he said, well, because uh, there are... Well, he didn't say, I'm shit at them, but he did say, there are far more people about that are better at them than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like this way. It, it's, it's, I don't really know. Impression, which sound like a woman coming. Um, I'm assuming that's what they sound like. Um, was, was famous for a long time, actually. Mm. Yeah. You know, picked up by Ricky Gervais and well, used yeah. to great effect. Is Ricky Gervais still doing that impression? Which impression? The, the impression of himself. Know. I don't know that he ever did that himself. Oh, you mean, you mean when he was in extras with, with Ricky Gervais? Ah. Yes, yes. <coughs> Ooh, that's, well, Precisely as I meant, merely hoping you'd pick up on it earlier than you did. No, I'm afraid my brain's too <laughs> adult for that now. It's, it's mostly alcohol at the moment. It's, there's a few neurons firing down the back here. It's got an entire head. <laughs> yeah. An entire four and a half litre swilling around with beer with just a few brain salts floating around in it. Yeah, it's, it's like a little scene with a couple of little sparks in the distance. Now, <laughs> beer, beer doesn't destroy brain cells. Doesn't it? No, I found this out. No, I, I read something somewhere. But it does stop them growing. Ah. Or, or regrowing mm. at the rate that they would otherwise. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. So either way, you end up with fewer. Well, you know, that's life. It's so what's it mean when Martin's head has a, a crown or CE mark and a little line on top of it? When he's got a crown, it means it's Christmas. Hey! Uh, I don't know about the other thing. I like Christmas. Yeah. I assume that's the, you know, above their head is good yeah. and below there. I mean, it used to be the old, the old myth that uh, a sip of alcohol would kill a billion brain cells, which means that your brain would just go poof. Um, which I quite like the idea of, really. No, I subscribe to the Darwinian point of view in that beer kills off the oldest, weakest brain cells. Uh, survival of the fittest brain cells. I remember they always the pints that killed like a billion brain cells, but I just love the old Mike Harding thing where he says he's done the sums and he's got one left. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Mike Harding was uh, a massively underappreciated comedian. And uh, mm. I've not listened to his, I've not reappraised the word his knees, I've not reappraised his material recently, but I remember as a kid laughing like a fucking horse being humped by another horse on nitrous oxide. That, it was that, that funny. By God, that's laughing. That's that fucking laughing. I you. I, you can find well, that lots of... That um, sounds my range of experience, I have to confess. You can find lots of good Mike Harding stuff on YouTube. Hmm. Uh, I'd recommend any of uh, our, our listener to uh, to do so. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have a look and... Uh, I'll do that myself. Uh, I, I listened to Mike Harding as a kid, and... Listening to it in later life, he he does stuff that uh, as a kid you can pick up on and really yeah. like, and he does stuff that as an adult you can pick up on. Uh-uh. But it's not the same things. Oh, it yeah. resonates in different ways depending on the on the age, and that's yeah. why I think yeah I, I liked him so much as a kid. Well, yeah. It's not like other people I liked that I've then seen different things in as I've got older. I I can look back on that stuff mm. I listened to because it was all audio recordings yeah. of his. Uh, and think, yeah, there was stuff that, that really only I liked because I was of that particular age. Yeah. Because he does stuff about his own childhood. That's it. And uh, uh, it worked particularly nicely. I mean, I mean, there were in my household there were there were two albums we had of uh, my card. There was the incredibly funny album on both sides, and then there was the incredible funny album on one side. Because on one side uh, there was uh, most of his stand-up material, and the other side he just sang folk songs. Yeah. Which I don't really get into uh, as a kid because it was like boring. Now I see. I like them as well. Yeah, you see. But, uh, so that, that's it. So, uh, you can, uh, but at the same time, as much as I uh, like my Harding as a kid and still appreciate him now, 
I still greatly, uh, was amused by um, the captain of our sword team, Bob, telling it to shut the fuck up <laughs> when he was talking to someone loudly whilst we were trying to dance at Beverly Folk Festival one time. Oh, well, did he shut up? Even though he was guest of honour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, we're performing. Uh, but your parents have all these on, on albums? Original LPs. Well, I don't, I don't know if they're doing anymore because we were uh, due to uh, being. I'm now from a broken home, uh, so everything was sort of split up, and my, my, my dad wasn't very good at keeping hold of things when he was moving well, between his 15 houses. Your mum got a side one, and your dad got a side two, or something. Yeah, this sort of spliced in the middle. Not, neither of which play, would play because as soon as the stars goes in, it just straight through, and it kind of cuts it. That's a very a, broken home. Diamond stars, it cuts it into a sort of slither of a record and you can you can you can restrict unfurl it like like a spring you would unwrap and and make it it goes from here to the moon so i remember looking at some of my parents lps and although i thought at the time what are those weird 70s albums they've got looking back i need to see if they've still got them on lp see if they've still got them in a box on the attic because they've got stuff like the original soundtrack to uh the graduate the a lot the of stuff from pack. that era that they that they have on LP, and I remember seeing this around as a child and thinking, you know, what's that old bollocks? And now no, I'm maybe say that's my dad. Now I'm in my thirties. It's like, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it was an interesting time. Well, it's it's sort of half, yeah, yeah. That's good music, and half, hmm. Have they still got that? I can sell it on eBay. Yeah, I, I, I knowingly, when I left my, the last house I was in uh, recently, actually, uh, literally the last move. I left a, a massive box full of albums um, just there because I couldn't I couldn't get them into the back of the van. So, uh, so go back. I'm thinking about buying a, a, a rotating disc player or a record player. I think they call them. So I might just start buying them back off eBay, <laughs> which has to be the stupidest thing I've ever done. Paul Simon has always been someone I've greatly admired. Oh, I loved uh, right. Simon and Garfunkel. Hmm? Uh, Graceland was an album that I grew up with throughout the 80s, and listening to that, uh, yeah. it, it sort of provided the soundtrack to a lot of my teenage angst and yeah. things that were going on in my life, yeah. and then albums such as uh, Rhythm of the Saints that he did afterwards yeah. I greatly liked as well. But all that pales in uh, insignificance when you consider the fact that he fucked Carrie Fisher. <laughs> I mean, hats off. You know, top props to the man. Do you reckon she had the buns in her head at the time? Who cares? <laughs> I wouldn't be looking anywhere near her head. <laughs> She's yeah, probably pissed looking at her anyway. Though. That's true. Yeah. There goes a fly off Tom's tongue. No, I'm still just picking out bits of flower. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Perhaps we should explain to the listener what Rush Bearing actually is, we may have done last year. No, I don't think we did last year. Rush Bearing is fantastic. I'll, I can summarise this very succinctly. Do that, then. I can, I can have a drink. It was a necessity in the sort of 1500s, 1600s, 1700s that churches particularly needed floor coverings in the winter. Rushes were used because they were spongy, they didn't rot, they were reasonably aromatic. And, uh, and they, they hadn't were... yet invented carpets. Yes that particularly uh, so you had to take carts at the end of summer when the rushes had just been like going to their thickest around the churches and because human nature is fantastic <laughs> this annual necessity turned into an excuse for a piss up 
And what we do is just carry on the piss up. That's it. With the vague pretense of sort of giving a nod to the old tradition. Yeah. So, so it, it was then resurrected, it disappeared for a while, didn't it? It came back in 1907, was it, for the local... 1906, in the Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the, to celebrate the very dubious 60th anniversary of local government. Woo. Uh, it wasn't just the rush bearing, the rush cart was part of a, a whole series of celebrations to uh, commemorate that particular <laughs> event. Yeah. Um, and then when it was decided for the Queen's Silver Jubilee in 1977, to um, uh, do something similar. Uh, the Rich Cart was revived once again. Okay. And it's been going every year since. Okay. And uh, we, that, this is the second podcast we've actually done from uh, the Rush Bear. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, last year's was uh, in Tom's house, and now we're in pubs, which is great. <laughs> uh, pubs are the fantastical things. Surrounded by curious locals. I wonder what the hell are these people doing? There's a bloke there in... A, I mean, in the past when we've been guerrilla podcasting, I've used a kind of small pair of headphones. But I said, fuck it this time, I've got to put a big pair of headphones on my head. Yeah. It's not really guerrilla podcasting, the size of these microphones, really, Martin. No, no, it, it is a bit obvious. <laughs> it's a fairly massive pair you've got there, Martin. Yeah, well, as we said, I'm no, pretty no. sure that there is people uh, in the Southern region far now that have been killed for wearing a cravat and headphones at the same time. You know, it's, 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 it's a look I like. Um, even even when I'm not podcasting, I'm wearing the, uh, the headphones. And, and frankly, I, I think it's the way forward. And even when he's not recording, he sticks these two microphones down on the pub table in front of him. I do. Now, I've, I've been rereading a lot of um, Harry Potter recently. Ooh, and uh, every, every description that J.K. Rowling writes uh, about um, Professor Snape's complexion <laughs> is sum, summed up by the picture that I've just taken of you. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh. I, was, I wasn't looking well earlier today anyway, because I, I was particularly hungover. Is that photo particularly bulbous and veiny? <laughs> it's, it's, it's no right, is what it is. Uh, bulbous. He looks like he's been gone from this world for at least several weeks. Uh, I kind of feel like that at the moment, actually, but it, a bit slightly pissed, so it doesn't, it doesn't feel as bad as it should do. Yeah. That's what rust bearing does to you, though. Yeah. It's a good feeling. You should live with it. Yeah. Are you still contending we shouldn't have had all that gin last night after the pub? Probably not, but it was, it was nice, and we, we did laugh much at well, Family Guy. we were Guy. watching Family Guy, so, you know, it would have been stupid not to drink while yeah, doing so. Absolutely. The evil gin does would be hard to assess, and besides that, my dear, it affects me prowess. Have some Madeira, my dear. It's very much nicer than beer. Etc. Uh, etc. Et and Skeen is I great because he just like made that up on the spot. I wouldn't. No. I, I, <laughs> I, I stopped there for fear of infringing uh, plants and swan copyright. <laughs> oh, they've been dead years. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's very nice stuff. I've drunk Madeira relatively recently. Have you? It reminded me very much of uh, Quick Save Fortified British Wine. Oh, Sherwood Cream. Sorry, Sherwood Cream Fortified British Wine. No. Ah, well. There was, was there was a drink too. Light cherry, but sweeter. Oh, oh. A cherry boulere. That's what she's called to her friends. There ain't, well, there ain't shame about that stuff that we used to sup. Apart from the fact that you used to buy it by the crate. And it made our teeth furry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apart from that. This was the only there was supposedly a, a fortified wine, or at least a sherry substitute. Um, but there are now beers that are being brewed that would have a higher strength than that was. 
You're forgetting the fact that we felt so guilty about buying this uh, Sherwood Cream Fortified Wine. We used to buy Craysfit from one branch of Quicksave one week. Yeah. And then the next <laughs> week, we buy Crave from a different Quicksave. Skirt around the different Quicksave in Durham. We get Simon's drivers there to different Quicksaves to buy this stuff. Well, you know, we were fairly experimental in our drinking when we were at Durham. Not, not in as far as the, the things that we could drink that were of a bizarre strength or that had ingredients that could, uh, you know, do various strange things to your brain, but we <laughs> it was mainly just how cheaply we could get drunk. And so the time when we got a, a 24-tin crate of the 2.2% Cannon Bitter that they used to do as well as a crate of this sherry substitute... Uh, and the guy that was helping us load it into the taxi to go home was saying, oh, party then, you're having them. We were <laughs> oh, just sort yeah, of yeah, embarrassedly yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's exactly why we're getting all this booze. I think, I think I've had similar experiences with, with uh, when I've been buying more than one bottle of spirits, even in some supermarkets. But the unfortunate I, enough, if I can go back to that, Canon, Canon Lager and Canon Bitter... Yeah. They did both of them. Cannon Lager, Cannon Bitter. The Cannon Lager was in the blue cans, Cannon Bitter was in red cans. Yes. They were both about 2%. 2.2, precisely. And they were... I remember four, that because I looked at it before we drank them. Four pack for a ATP or something yeah. like that. But the unfortunate thing about that was I tried very hard to get drunk on it and couldn't because you'd sit down, you'd get through a couple of cans, you'd have to get up, walk all the way to the gents, walk yeah. back. Yeah, it was the exercise was, really that, that yeah. was sort of prohibiting the, the drunkenness. It was a no-win situation, you just couldn't, couldn't I, get drunk I had a fantastic experience, uh, it, well, it was a charming experience Hello. in the Booze Buster uh, where I live just the other day where I went in to get some gin. Because um, I thought my, my uh, delightful girlfriend was going to be joining me for an evening in, oh, and she likes a gin and tonic nightcap. And uh, like so I just gone to get the cheapest ah. bottle of gin I could, yeah. and a bottle of tonic. Um, and as I was going, on, the guy said to me, "Have a good night." As <laughs> <laughs> I can see him thinking, "Yeah, I'm going to drink all that half bottle of gin myself with the tonic <laughs> on my own." Which, on other nights, would have been quite correct, but uh, I was still charmed by his, uh, his uh, sentiment. Perhaps they, perhaps they know that anybody walking out of that particular building in Solby Bridge will possibly be drinking something quite strong by themselves. Was that Booze Buster or Bum Bargains? Uh, it was Booze Buster. No, not Bum Bargains. Bum Bargains are lousy for gin. Are they? Ah. Yeah. Well, they I, I found out this very week. Have a selection? Or? Yeah, I, I, I was No, they just have Gordons and it's overpriced. Yeah. I, was re- I was reading uh, this week's, uh, well, this month's uh, The Chap magazine. Ah. Available from all good news vendors. And the occasional shite one. Yes. And uh, they were doing a, a piece on gin, you know, its history and uh, where it's gone now. And they were, they were, they were, they were showing, um, uh, they were giving their, 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 their what they call them, recommendations of the best gins to be had. Uh, and the best gin that they had was, uh, well, one, one of them anyway, was uh, a Plymouth gin, which was 100, 100 proof. Which is what, like 50... It's about 60%, something like that, yeah. Alcohol to water, it's 100% yeah. proof, yeah. And, and apparently, apparently the, the, the old way of testing it in, in the Navy was if you could pour it on gunpowder, and if the gunpowder still ignited, that was 100 proof. Mm. Uh, well, that's, 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 that's where proof comes from. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. Um, so so they, they, they were showing that, and then they also had on the same page some uh, Fentiman's uh, tonic water. 
Ah. Still, still uh, brewed as it was uh, back in the day with your proper quinine and all your other stuff as well. I was thinking, God, I'd like to have a gin and tonic with that particular gin and that tonic water. It would be fucking great. <laughs> So, so uh, the next time I have a gin and tonic, I'll be hunting that down. Yeah. So start sending us money for drinks, you bastards. Oh, we have. Tankery, tankery. Oh, we've, 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 had, we've had a donation from I Am Amro or, uh, on the uh, website, and uh, he's, he's given us a lovely, a lovely pint of beer. We've got one pint. We've got one pint. Did he buy three straws? No, no I, 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 I will be buying us all a black pile later on and, uh, uh, next time Andy's out. And uh, we, we'll have one third of each. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Whoever you are, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bottom of my heart. We love you, Amro. You're great. And your cat is lovely. <laughs> he is a Pushkin the cat. Oh. you got pictures of his pussy as well. Yeah. Actually, lives, lives in Cambridge. Uh, Anywhere near me? Uh, possibly. I don't know. He's, he's a Cambridge academic and a uh, very nice man. Oh, well. Um, if he's ever in Cambridge, drop me a line. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I Amber. accept free beer as well. Uh, uh, raving home there. Wants to meet, meet you. Amber, how are you? But you, you, you I didn't realise this was a dating agency. I thought it was a respectable podcast. Well, well I, I feel a bit bad because, because he, he, he did want to keep it uh, secret, but the problem is with, with PayPal, once you pay, it just sends an email saying, so-and-so has given you money! Um, uh, which, which is what happened in that situation. Uh, so, uh, as you can hear, there's lots of uh, very loud people behind me. Most of them with a very small mental health. Wow. I mean, maybe a good point to actually just sort of uh, wrap up and, and, and possibly just record a, a small amount at the next place before we, uh, we finish for the day. But, uh, so, from, from us here at the William the Fourth pub in Sorby Bridge, the. Uh, Probably the last time we're going to be able to do this before it turns into something ghastly. And we'll see you at the next place. Ta-ta. We, we won't see you anywhere, because it's a recording. No, we will. You'll hear us in the nice. next place. Cheers. Later. We'll be spurting in your ears in the next place. Sadly, the men never got to their next destination. There is now only one regular member of the Gentleman's Review team still alive, and he's not saying anything. Did Andy Wilson summon ghosts into the men's brains? Were monkeys all part of this? Or was it skeletons? Perhaps we will never know. Well, sleep well and don't have a heart attack. Goodbye. That was a Gentleman's Review podcast presented by Martin Wolfenberg, Tom Stringfellow. It was produced by the legs of Lady Macbeth. For more information about this podcast, go to www.thegentlemansreview.com. <laughs>